Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Didier Moraes, the founder and CEO of Vital Versatility, and I'm on the Kicks and Shit Show. Check me out. Stay tuned. We out here. What's good, everybody? We are back. It is your boy, Jerron, your girl, Gabby. Episode 91 of the Kicks and Shit Show. I knew that was coming. I was like, he's uploading something before this starts, and I can't fucking wait. I mean, I like it. It's a nice listen, listen. Case. You know, we're going to... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we're... abuse it. Don't, don't <laughs> be like that. Don't abuse it. One day of sound effects, already what? recorded twice. What do you... What? Come on. What? No, no. Cypher, do don't the, get yeah. gassed. Yeah, we gotta do all that. We gotta, we gotta do all the sound effects. Every day, I want to know what's on that bag of tricks right there, Jay. Uh, <laughs> Gabby, where in the world are you this week? Um, well, I'm in a closet currently. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm in LA. I just 
I'm in a in the office this mm-hmm, week, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Super good vibes. It's funny when you're at a company that has offices around around the world mm-hmm. and seeing the different vibes and personalities, right? Like for me, like I mean, I don't have multiple personalities. I just have a lot of personality. So seeing how that translates in each environment, like mixed with the stretch stress of maybe having to wear real pants. I don't know. Mm. It's, it's just it's a very interesting experience. Like I'm All right. a more open plan. Nope. Mm-hmm. New York is fully open plan. Mm-hmm. But this one's more siloed offices and there's there's offices, but there's like co-working spaces and couches. Mm. There's like free beverages and cool mugs and like LA kind of stuff. It's like a whole different vibe. And also there's no tall buildings in LA. So being on the 24th floor, mm. it's like views for days. I love everything <laughs> about it. So it's, it's a nice change of pace. And I think, you know, yep. return to office is real for a lot of people and a lot of people listening to the show. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm, I, I would love to know even what everyone's kind of work balance is like, right? Balancing yep. being less productive, going back to work in New York, they've had food or drinks or both. Every day this week, I'm like, y'all couldn't spread it out. You got you to gotta blow your load the first week. All right. That, but that's like such a New York thing. Mm-hmm, I'm glad mm-hmm, you like that one. Mm-hmm, that was a good like one. That was a good one. That's such a New York one. thing to me. LA is like, there's an LA fitness across the street. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so, okay. You, you've done the offices in New York. You've done the offices in LA. I think you're going to do Seattle at some point. Yep. Do you, is your, are your kicks different for your day in the office in each location? So what did you wear on your feet in LA versus um, New York? Well, I've been starting to leave a few pairs in mm-hmm. LA mm-hmm. just so mm-hmm. I don't have to check a bag every single time. It makes mm-hmm. let you know I love efficiency mm-hmm. in pretty much everything I do. That's how I can spread myself so incredibly thin <laughs> all the time. Um, I mean, I had to wear patent bread ones to the Clips game yesterday. I mean, and we got them from our, our man's at shoe plug. So mm-hmm. like I had to represent, had to have LA stuff on my feet. And you know, mm-hmm. if your girl is sitting courtside, and I'm not trying to say that to flex, but like you're. I mean, but you are flexing, so it's cool. I, no, but I mean, I, I that's that's my vibe. I know people in different areas and arenas. It's like a perk of my job, right? And I think like I'm extra excited to talk to our guests today because I think people just see the perks and don't realize the work mm-hmm. that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think if you're sitting courtside at any game or near courtside or on the lower level, actually for me, it's if I enter the arena at all. <laughs> my kids got to be on point. Yep. Yep. And it has to tie into the theme. It has to be like a whole thing. And, you know, LA, the style at the LA Mm -hmm. office is a lot more relaxed. Mm. I think because of the brand I work on, the team I'm on, we have a little bit more flexibility um, in how we dress. But I will say, like, being on a team that's like that, like, I like that there's a culture of that. But, I mean, you know, today I'm wearing a dress, which is weird. It's basically a long t-shirt because I didn't feel like putting on pants today <laughs> and a bomber jacket that is my version of a blazer. Okay. Today I'm rocking Wave Runners in the office. Okay. I had breakfast okay. with a girl on my team who I adore. Shows up with the Melody Asani ones like she's wearing like a pair of beaters. I was like, girlfriend, I don't know if you know the resale on those, but bless you for wearing them during Women's History Month. So it's like, that's the whole vibe out here. It is. It is definitely a vibe out in LA. You are enjoying your fun in the sun. I will say um, at the time of this recording, it's a little bit of a poor weather day in New York, but tomorrow it's going to be up in the seventies, which will be nice, a unseasonably warm day in March, but you know, we'll take it. And you know what that's like in New York, right? Gabs, the, whenever we get those rando warm days in March, people lose their God forsaken mind. And their clothes. Everybody's naked. Like, the people like all of a sudden I'm like, all right, it's not shorts weather yet, my guys. Or like, put put some sleeves on, you know. And I I would like to think that I'm bringing some of the 
LA weather back to New York mm. because, you know, I got to mm. take credit for that shit, even yeah. though there's no way that's possible. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean that, that there's always that like freak day or mm. weekend mm. in March. Mm-hmm. I agree. Everybody loses their minds. They throw the rugs out the window for like a minute and mm-hmm. then like a weekend later it snows. So I'm yeah, hoping that pretty much. Uh, I'm not there for that part because I know there's been some big the past week or so. There has, there has. But, you know, it's, it's the nature of the beast. It's the time of year. You know, I, I'm excited, too, about our guest, Gabby, because, you know, we often talk about the highlight reels of social media, right? And that's what everybody sees. And that's what gets everybody. Because, look, people want to see the, the fun stuff, right? They don't want to necessarily see the work that goes in behind it. But our guest coming up, man, this this is someone who... You might see him hanging out with Fat Joe. You might see him hanging out with Meek Mill. You might see him hanging out with Michael Rubin, uh, CEO of Fanatics, part owner of the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, he is with some heavy hitters out here in these streets. But it's not just about the glitz and the glam, right? It's about putting in the work. It's about building relationships. And I'm really looking forward to you guys checking that out. So stay tuned. What's good, y'all? We are back. Gabby, we are not alone. We are joined by a man who, if you go on his Instagram or anything like that, you might see him sitting courtside with Meek Mill. You might see him on a private jet with Meg Thee Stallion. You might see him hanging out with, I don't know, Fat Joe, all all these incredible superstars. And he has made the entrepreneurial plunge to start his own agency, Vital Versatility, the founder and CEO, Didier Mraz. What's up, my guy? What's going on, brother? And we clarify vital versatility, my brother. <laughs> did, did, I, did I do it backwards? You said vital versatility. Oh, my bad. You added, you added an extra My day. bad, added, my added, bad. Added, 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 my bad. I'm also the fifth grade spelling bee champ. <laughs> you know what I mean? So all those things. <laughs> my bad. Versatility. Pardon me. Pardon me. Versatility. How are you, my guy? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? Can't complain. Can't complain. So look, man let's just start there like we're in the middle of a pandemic it's ongoing i don't know what on year three now two three something like that um and you decide you know what i'm gonna start my own full service public relations agency where did the genesis for that come from and and how has it been going in the early stages yeah well you know to be honest i don't think i would have made this move without the pandemic i think when the when the pandemic happened and I was part of my previous agency, it kind of forced us all to be a little scrappier and bring in more business because just inevitably most organizations uh, were affected by it, lost some clients. So I think it really brought um, a new level of responsibility. I think at that particular time, you know, I knew I was just a great publicist and I knew how to execute for my clients, but I think it was now generating new business was the, was kind of the new challenge. And, um, you know, ironically at that particular period, more people started hitting me, um, for business. And then I started bringing more business, uh, to the organization and building kind of the music and entertainment department. And then little by little, just really, you know, over the years of being in this particular industry, in music, sports, lifestyle, entertainment, you just build a Rolodex of contacts and you try to do good work that they keep you in mind for when it when it comes down down to that time for any type of promo, for a type of press or whatever the case may be. And it really gave me the confidence that after kind of essentially, you know, two years into that pandemic where I was able to build something, I really had that entrepreneurial itch to build it for myself. You know, I saw how I built a department from scratch out of my contacts 
And, you know, it was, you know, a big shout out to my former employer, you know, Ron Berkowitz um, and Michael Kempner at Burke Communications, because at the end of the day, they are entrepreneurs and they know how it is when you have that itch to kind of follow your dreams. And um, like other employers, uh, unlike other employers, you know, they were they were incredibly supportive. They wanted to see me chase my dream. And I'm incredibly indebted to those guys for, for supporting me, not only as a professional, but DDMRI is the, the person, the human being. That's dope, man. And so, all right, you're, you're deciding to do this thing. Who is the first person you hit? Who decides to say, okay, you don't have the umbrella of a corporation behind you. It is still you, DDMRI, who I know I've done the work with, so I know he's good, but he doesn't have that corporate backing. Who is the first person to step on on that ledge with you and say, I believe in you, man. Let's go. I'm, I'm signing up. Uh, man, it, I mean, it, it was a, it was, it was a bunch of people, man. I mean, I can't, I can't pinpoint a particular person who was like first, I, I would just say I had my own individual conversations with different clients. Um, you know, again, big, big, uh, shout out to, to the Yo Gotti and Van Jones and, and Fat Joe, you know, those are some of the ones I had like my initial conversations with. Um, you know, just some regular people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, but I think the thing is, right, they're all entrepreneurs within themselves. So I think everyone can really understand it. You know, what 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 Joe built for with Terror Squad, what Yo Gotti has been building with CMG for his record label, what Van Jones has been building. You know, this guy co-founded, you know, five different startups. He has so many entrepreneurial things that you guys don't even hear of because of a lot of people just mainly think of him for CNN or again, some of his social justice mm -hmm. work, but all of them are, are businessmen in their own rights. And they were all incredibly supportive. And they know, especially, you know, as, as a, you know, young Colombian Cape Verdean person of color and somebody that um, wants to own something. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, I think especially a lot more in, in, in this era where we really talk about ownership, yep. you know, you hear it in every industry, you hear it in the music industry where, you know, people want to be in control of their masters. You hear it in the sports industry where you hear you see people like Dwayne Wade or Renee Montgomery taking ownership pieces of particular franchises and getting some of you know that ownership. Um, or even just in the television world and owning, you know, different programs mm -hmm. and having some of those strong, uh, you know, executive producer rights. That's just an ongoing conversation that traverses all industries that I feel like everybody can relate to and have that desire and I think everyone, again, I'm, I'm incredibly supportive. Those were the first, I think, three, you know, immediate ones that come to bat. I ultimately, over time, had a lot of conversations with all different clients. And I'm just incredibly appreciative that everyone from the Rock Nation to, you know, Young Blue to E40 to so many more, you know, they just, they believed in me. And, and um, I feel a great responsibility to make sure that I, I continue to deliver and do my part because of the belief that they put in me. Love that. I think, you know, having a tribe around you, especially during this pandemic, I mean, that's how we started. It's taking that leap of faith, but knowing that you have the support behind you. Um, I think Gerard, like, I love when Gerard does intros because <laughs> I, like, I just want to take him everywhere and have him describe <laughs> me to other people because he does such a good job. But I think, you know, for our listeners who don't necessarily really understand and know about what PR is, right. They see the highlight reel that's on social media, but you know, I would love for you to get into a little bit more about kind of what the behind the scenes is and all the different things that you do for your clients beyond what the expected is. Absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to public relations, really at the end of the day, and I, I've thrown out a lot of 
personalities in this particular, uh, you know, discussion, but, you know, it's obviously representing brands as well. You know, I work with like Audiomack, the streaming platform, or like a restaurant, you know, Victory Restaurant and Lounge. But so the whole concept of PR is like you are in charge essentially of, of, of the brand. And it's, it could be a person, a personality brand, like again, like we mentioned, the Fat Joe or, you know, a corporation brand, you know, like an Audiomack. And it's really just the, the public perception and amplification and reputation that comes with it and i think there's very various degrees of kind of splitting it i think on one hand it's amplifying a brand and another hand it's protecting the brand and another one is kind of it's it's preserving Mm -hmm. so but what i say that is amplifying it is like they're all what i take a lot of pride in why i called my company vital versatility is because especially when it comes to personalities and let's just use musicians for it because there's a lot of uh, examples there, but I don't want artists to just be pigeonholed in music. You know, when I started working with Meek Mill, you know, four or five years ago, and he was viewed strictly as a rapper and to, then to be able to kind of work and help rebrand him and work with him together for him to be highlighted and amplified as a criminal justice reform advocate uh, is something that I take a great deal of pride in. And I think what I like to do is really take people and put them into different sectors that they're not traditionally known in. Like if, if you're a fan of, of, you know, food and beverage and you, you know, you have a, a spirits line or something, like I want to make sure we're telling your story in the business sector as well. We're telling it in, in the food and beverage industries. If you are, you know, a, a tech investor like we need to be telling those stories again in the tech publications and not just be telling them through the traditional music and entertainment so i think that's the amplification part when it comes to uh protecting you know part of it is in you know in times that there's you you may have clients that may be in in particular legal situations for that matter and it's about you know working with them and their attorneys to strategize or sometimes it just you know there may be um misunderstandings for whatever reason and that's why you're also part of the mouthpiece to help clarify when if there's you know if a media outlet incorrectly speculates about something and writes an incorrect narrative is making sure how do you educate the media and educate people to rectify the appropriate narrative and and preserving it in many cases sometimes it can be simply as like if you have an album promo or you have an announcement it just making sure that you know some of those that day to day work just makes you know make sure it gets amplified at the highest level across a, a broader array of different media publications. So it's everything from facilitating interviews to drafting press releases and content to coordinating you know placement of a particular thing. So there's a lot that goes into it. I try to kind of keep it you know to those three buckets, which I think are the, the three biggest pillars uh, PR at least personally mm-hmm. for me. Um, but there's so much more, you know, it's, it's getting them events and, and, you know, some, you know, brand, uh, I want to say getting them brand partnerships, but, you know, also mm-hmm. getting them, uh, aligned when possible to like a potential party where it can create future mm-hmm. opportunities. No, that, that, that's exactly dead on. And dear, what's so interesting is what is the connective tissue for you in a day to day situation where let's say you wake up and you get hit on either text or whatever, where a client has a particular situation you have to do damage control and that's at like 8 a.m and then you know you got to get to downtown because so-and-so has an album release but in between that you know you have another client who has a brand partnership they have to deal with what is the connective tissue that allows you to deal with 
you know, in that case, three, those three different scenarios? I think it's two things. It's um, first and foremost, relationships with everybody you've built across the board, across the gamut. And um, they're interchangeable and getting on the fucking phone. <laughs> and by, by that, let me start off with that, is that yeah. a lot of what I do is funny because my dad stayed with me. Um, I, I had him over last year and he stayed with me for a couple of weeks. And he's like, half your day is literally just being on the phone and talking. And I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> that. I'm like, because I get much more work than when I just call somebody. And, you know, I rather go through you know something with somebody for five minutes on the phone in, instead of trading 10 to 20 emails or text messages over the course of hours. I just don't feel like that's the best use of time and it's inefficient. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even Gerard, you know, there were times in the past, you know, back in the day when you mm -hmm. and I worked in different capacities mm -hmm. where if you remember, I was calling yep, you, yep, you know what I mean? So that was, so I try to be as efficient as possible that when I'm on the move, rather than having to construct a whole ass email, mm -hmm. Is really just having a conversation where I can walk you through something and save myself the time. So, you, so that in turn is the phone call where then when you are on the phone with somebody and then you eventually just build that rapport where you build a relationship with somebody, mm -hmm. then it's they will pick up your calls quicker or they you know they will be more inclined in many cases when they can control mm -hmm. obviously to help you out and that's not always the case. But a part of it is also building those relationships and my clients also know. You know, because there's always a time whenever you start with any, with most clients where they're going to kind of try to test you mm -hmm. early on to see what you're made of. So, you know, it's going to come with tighter deadlines and there's always going to be tight deadlines. But once they've seen you prove yourself, it's one of those things like they won't they won't need to follow up with me because they know what's going to get handled and they know that I'll be back to them with feedback as soon as I get it. So I would really say it's a combination of those things. But any any advice I, I would give to uh, a young rising publicist and especially in this era where it's so easy to just do things virtually is get on the phone with people don't lose the in-person connection when you're talking to people because i feel like especially in the era of covid it's so easy to just get sucked up on virtual mm -hmm. conversations like you can't read somebody's body language and their vibe and that's again mm -hmm. 80 80 percent of, of communication is really mm -hmm. that and i'm just that's just one of my biggest piece of advice that unsolicited advice off the rip. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love that. And I always say like, you can tell how old somebody is, how quick they're, Correct. they are to get on the phone. But mm -hmm. I, I think that that's something that. Damn, is that like a, is that like no, 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 a. No, 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 It's because, no, 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 we're, because we're all old. So we all do that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're all the same age. I just got good skincare. Don't Chill. Worry, I'm, I'm way older, but regardless. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> I'm looking on that issue. I mean, I think that's you are way older, but regardless, I think like. That's the thing that is missing that, you know, I'm really glad that you talked about, right, is that it's public relations. How do you relate to people? So much gets lost in in tone and uh, mm -hmm. punctuation, like even the way that like I know if I ever email dudes versus females, the women all have tons of exclamation points. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, this man is serious. He didn't put any punctuation. I'm like, that's just how dudes speak you can't tell because there's no tone in, in email versus text or whatnot. And that's right. That's People can misread that so easily. I had a former colleague, right? When, uh, when, when one of uh, you know our former bosses years ago, years ago, and she had gotten an email from the boss, and she was like, "Oh, this seems like he's being a dick." And I read it, and I'm like, "No, maybe he's just like running around, fielding a few bunch of different calls, and like he just a little sent, sent you something like." 
not, not every email needs to have an exclamation <laughs> right, point. Right. Unless you're you know, it's not, it's not that yeah, deep. It, it really isn't that deep. And no. if you really feel some kind of way, get on the phone. Right? Like, yeah. And if you don't feel some kind of way, still get on the phone because that relationship is important. I mean, I think like, uh-huh. and I, I love just how you talk about like the pandemic as being like a breeding ground for emphasizing that even more because I think it was so easy for a lot of us to kind of hide. And, you know, like, I mean, I joke that it's really hard putting on real pants going back into an office, but like at the end of the day, the whole pandemic, Drad knows my camera is on for every meeting. I might have one eye open. I might have like had a crazy night the night before, but camera is on because that relationship is important. Um, I would love to know, like, are there any crazy stories that you have kind of like the one that you said about the email, but like of any miscommunications, the importance of all of that kind of technology and how you can lean into that? Yeah. I mean, listen, anybody I've ever hired, I kind of try to tell them off the bat. I'm like, don't ever I'm, I'm very transparent i'm like don't read into my emails like don't read into it because because the no punctuation whatever i'm like i i am somebody that i will call you you will you will definitely know if there's a problem <laughs> i will make it absolutely clear but the one thing is don't don't overanalyze my emails and you know i mean like just um don't take things personally i feel like and you know it's it's much easier said than done but when it comes to this, it's a it's a business. It's not um, is nobody coming for anybody's character, whatever the case may be. It's simply sometimes just like it's this particular assignment, and it's like I, I like to treat it like uh, a sporting event or whatever the case may be. Focus on the things you can control, and the things you can't control. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You know, don't don't waste the time you know, getting yourself stressed for things you can't control. Some things are just not going to pan out for whatever reason. It's going to be a shitty day. Client may get mad at you. Something may not work out. And that's why I live life the way I do, because I'm going to do everything I can to put myself and my team in position to succeed. And if for whatever reason we feel like we've prepared and done the best possible and executed in everything, you know, at the highest level and then not pan out, then I can live with those results. Yeah. And that's what I also try to impart to people because I just feel like it, it at that particular time, like, again, when people overanalyze, get into their heads a little bit too much or take things personally, that's that's what prevents you from focusing on the things that you can control and just letting go. And I think that that is a trait that I, I would also encourage any other future entrepreneurs or just anybody really in general i think that's just not not only professionally but that's just like a life philosophy for yeah no for sure that that's dead on i love that answer you know uh vital versatility is at the nexus of sport music culture lifestyle right and in the past you've worked with sneaker brands like puma etc what are you seeing from your clients, from different people in those industries as it relates to the sneakers and, and, and the brand companies? Are you seeing more partnerships? Are you seeing different types of partnerships? What are you seeing from sneaker brands in particular? We are a sneaker show uh, as it relates to the work that you do. I mean, I just think you see the, a more of an intersection between sports, music, entertainment, and culture than ever before. You know, for, for the longest time, right? Music, I'm sorry, uh, Sneaker culture was really just predominantly predicated with athletes and the endorsements is really what I'm referring to, right? And then now you see that over the several years, endorsements have spread, you know, to different artists and musicians and, and things like that. I mean, you've seen what J. Cole did with Puma. And that was something I, I was I was proud of, was leading the mm-hmm. charge when, when Puma first mm-hmm. signed Cole. 
Um, but even with, with some of the clients that I now work with that have their own, you know, sneaker endorsements and affiliations, it's just beautiful to see how it's starting to evolve outside of just the traditional, you know, athlete music sense. Because everyone knows it's such a tight synergy there that it's like, again, it's been like this for years. But I just think with every with every year, I think entertainers are just becoming so much more embedded into the fabric of, of the sneaker culture. Like, I love seeing someone like Jay Balvin when he got his Jordan shoe. Like, I just thought that was phenomenal. And especially as a Latino, just being able to have, like, a Jordan shoe. Like, I just think that was just something that was really disruptive and phenomenal. And I think that I expect that we're going to continue to see people push that limit. I mean, I think now you're even seeing more than ever, right? I think you're all, what I'm also very intrigued by is like now is it it's gravitating from like sneak culture to now you see these big brands like McDonald's and Popeyes and KFC partnering with a lot of these entertainers, you know, White Castle with Fat Joe, Popeyes with Megan Thee Stallion, KFC with Jack Harlow and, you know, tra- uh, Sweetie and Travis Scott and Bobbin from McDonald's. So I just think seeing that kind of next iteration of brand partnerships that I really think you give the testament to kind of the, the the sneaker brands for even being able to open up those doors to now where you're having kind of the, the fast food industry really kind of executing similar plays. What do you kind of see next to that point? I mean, I, I love that you're talking about the different types of collabs. Like, we talk on the show a lot about how the next wave for sneakers is not just the traditional collaboration, but kind of like that triple collab, right? Is it like the Sakai cause Nike blazer, right? Is that something that you're seeing across the board with your clients? Like maybe there's a J Balvin McDonald's sneaker that's coming out or things like that. Like kind of what's that next wave in PR and trends that you're seeing when it comes to your clients? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think one of the most innovative and executed ones, and you know, this is after I kind of worked with Puma, but just seeing how Puma took coal, right? Because it wasn't it wasn't just music, although it helped, but it was also telling his desire as as an athlete and him wanting to pursue mm-hmm. and potentially you know mess around and see if he could you know get a, a look in the nba but it was like that was an actual narrative right it's like for a while you would just see hey sneaker collabs cool fucking awesome whatever but it's like you got the dreamer mm-hmm. kicks but now it's also helping like puma putting the full court uh you know press uh for lack of better <laughs> I, see, I, I see what you did right. there <laughs> all right but but in order to really like help elevate and put him in that position where you seeing him train you know, you see him in all these commercials and you're furthering that storyline of like, oh, man, is he really looking to be that next Master P? So I think it's just helping people get to the bigger picture, you know, goals are like, again, what I enjoy with Puma is like they also played a big role with Meek and like helping amplify the criminal justice reform story and having the reform sneakers and having a you know percentage go back. So it's like it's not just limited to collaborations anymore, but it's actually getting really entrenched into a person's particular passions and how are you working with that person and within their particular passions to help elevate their story and help, you know, the, the brands also evolve and take their narrative in a different direction. No, that's, that's exactly right on. And it's really, I mean, what you're talking about is a, is a, is a 360 view, right? Whether you're an, a, a musician an athlete or whatever, that isn't the only thing that you do, right? It may be the thing that you are known for and the thing that pays the bills and gets you all the dollars, but 
there are other interests that you have and the brands that are able to synergize those other interests, right? And be the hub. That's the key. And you're, you kind of act as that, as that connector, right? It's like, guys, here, here are the things that we can do and here's what we can put together. So do you have a lot of clients coming in either already with sneaker deals or asking you, Hey, can you make intros for me to try to get myself some kind of, I want to work with Puma or whomever. Well, I mean, I would say that's what I don't do. You know, that's what, you know, brand teams are there for. Like, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not somebody who's connecting the endorsements, you know, per se. But um, at the same time, for me, it's more like once they're connected, right? So once someone has a deal, it's like, how am I working with that mm -hmm. partner to help elevate and like telling them what, you know, what this person's particular passions are? What do they have up in the calendar? What are some moments in time that we can collaborate and really capitalize on? You know, who is, you know... It's really that. It's like they're already locked mm -hmm. in, but it's like it goes back to the, the, the part about amplifying somebody's stories. Like, all right, now how are we amplifying it? Yeah, love that. I think that's what it's about at the end of the day with storytelling, right? Um, and I know social media is now part of PR in a way that it, it wasn't historically. Um, how has social media kind of made your job easier, harder? Like, what are some of those challenges or ways that you even communicate differently on behalf of clients? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question and a great point because I, I really think, you know, in the future, like if for a long time when it came to PR, you're judged, you were judged strictly by like, you know, articles and placements and things of that nature. And then over the years, it's like, all right, I need this posted on Double XL on their Instagram. I need this on the Shade Room. You know, I really think Shade Room doesn't get enough credit for really kind of ushering in the social media form of journalism right like of course they have a website and let's i mean it's not traditional journalism so i guess let's let's mm -hmm. be clear but i think at the end of the day they still do break stories they do reporting on some things but again a lot of it is also reposting and things like that but it is a new wave of how news is being disseminated let me let me recharacterize it in that sense it's a it's a new wave that how the younger generation is consuming news is a lot of people that are consuming it through shade room and i think they're disruptors and you know people are starting to kind of catch up and try to adjust and i think you're still going to have your traditional form of like journalism and pr and placements but i think there's going to be a broader emphasis on what can you get on this particular person's Instagram, on their Twitter, um, uh, really on those, you know, at, and at some point, probably, you know, the way TikTok continues to evolve, that'll probably be it as well. But I think for now, the main driver really is Instagram. And that's, again, you know, now it's like before you were just having to network with like somebody's, you know, the editor or the journalist or whatever the case may be. Now you're also trying to network with like the social media editor so that when you need something posted or whatever, that they they can also support you so that it's still evolving but it's definitely a, a big part of pr now and I, I only see it getting even bigger in the years to come yeah who knows what it's gonna look like in 20 years right it might be a whole a whole different thing right we all be part of this metaverse where all your all your pr stuff gets like downloaded directly into your brain somehow i don't know how but i'm sure that's the next step Okay, Black Bear. <laughs> yeah, for real. That sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, you, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I mean, if it happens, never know. You're right. You're right. That is some Black Bear shit. Absolutely. <laughs> no, this is dope, man. Look, Didier, we could talk to you about this stuff forever, but people don't have all that kind of time. Uh, and coming up next, folks, is America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane. 
the premier digital marketplace for deal kicks. So stay tuned. Peace. What's up, y'all? We are back, and you know what time it is. America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks. Listen, I talk to y'all every week about AnotherLane.com. I don't know what to say anymore. If you want to get an education about sneakers, you want to get on and try to find some of those rare pairs, you want to network with like-minded people who are part of sneaker culture, AnotherLane.com. Do what you have to do. Now, Shoe and Tell is just like it was when you were in school. You got stuff you want to show? Show. Show it to us. Tell them why, why, tell us why you like it and why it matters to you. Your show, Didier. So lead us off. What you got? All right. All right. So. My favorite part every time. We got. Oh, you coming in hot. It's like that. You came in hot. You came in hot. I just want to start off on a good came note. came in hot. Right. <laughs> but obviously beyond the fact that these are fire, mm-hmm. I think I think the fact I love the color scheme that I could match black, blue jeans, mm-hmm. whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Mm-hmm. I like to go a little loud sometimes. You know, my thing is like, I don't like to dress a little too quietly. Like here and there, sure, of course. But when it comes to a nice event, I want to make sure at least something stands out. So, you know, when when you when your man's sitting courtside, it's usually we want to listen. The 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 ones are always a way to go, and you know, people people like their ones and ones. So when you on courtside in Philly with, with your man Meek, you probably got the ones on, right? Or a pair of ones. I mean, not those, but a pair of ones yeah. on. Well, yeah, and my, and my man's Michael Rubin, because Michael Rubin really be the plug, and Michael <laughs> Rubin's sneaker game is vicious. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I like shout, that, vicious. <laughs> shout, shout out to uh, sneakers owner, uh, owner Michael Rubin, and head of uh, Fanatics, right? He's got he got all kinds of things going on out there. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, what else you got? All right. I got the DC Basquiat Ooh. collab with the little, okay, those are nice. little Basquiat action. Okay. Yo, why you wait? No, wait, no, no. Put, bring those back up here. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Let's Yo, those. I mean, first of all, Basquiat's become and and look, I'm one of those people that I don't. It doesn't matter to me how someone gets gets talked about, mm-hmm. right? If people didn't know about Basquiat until Jay Z started rapping about it or whatever, I don't care. Fine. But that he's getting flowers, but that's how most people are, right? It's in death is when right. people start. Oh, so and so was the yeah, they were the truth. Those yeah. that collab is dope, and I love that. How'd you get a, your hands on a pair of those, man? <laughs> You're like, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. I got you. All I can say is, it's good to know good I, people in good uh, places. Uh, yep. Uh, uh. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what that means. <laughs> that means next pair, Gerard. Sometimes you. You know, sometimes you got to protect your sources. Oh, you, I mean, you always got to protect your sources. That's always. PR 101 right there. Absolutely. That PR 101. And journalism. Correct. Can't be letting people know where, like, I, where I heard this from. I was a publicist, I was a journalist. Let's be clear. So you knew. You're like, I can't tell you where I heard that from. <laughs> uh, you got anything else to show us? I got one more. Love you. it. Love it. Got, got some Fear of God joints out here. Shouts. I'm so curious how the, those are going to value, especially now that he's at Adidas. And I mean, Adidas. probably, probably yeah. way more than than what they resell for now. I mean, they already resell for a lot now, but I mean, yeah, when that yo. collab drops. Right? And it's funny because when I got those, I was thinking about reselling it, but I'm I'm in the I'm in the philosophy, and and Fat Joe told me this. Though, you know, shout out Joe, but Joe was like sneakers because you know that's the ultimate sneaker king. Let's be clear, that is the ultimate. Joe was the first person to lick the bottom of a sneaker on television <laughs> on MTV Cribs back in the day. I mean, he's a meme. If you don't know that, do your research. He is yeah, a yeah. meme with those Yeezy boots. Yo, Joe's. 
I, I was I was actually with them when we took that picture live. I had a feeling in my head, but <laughs> um, but no, with with those few guys, I, I was definitely thinking about flipping them. But at the end of the day, um, Joe says that sneakers are meant to be worn. Yep. You know, what I mean, at the end of the day, they are meant to be worn. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let me wear them. They're nice. Like, Joe, Joe. You know, it was it was a gift, and I I wanted to enjoy said gift. And at the end of the day, like. All you know, all these things are all material possessions. Like they're all fire, but at the end of the day, you can gain them, you can lose them, whatever unexpectedly. So I'm like, fuck it. I want to look fly in them. Let me look fly in some fear of God. I mean, that's right. Joe cracked the dawn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out to your man Joey Crack, Terror Squad. Okay, so <laughs> this is awesome. I did okay, right? Oh, oh nice you, you did better than right. I mean. Bro, I just want to make sure my starting three is I mean, listen, first of all, ain't nobody showing. I mean, people have shown some like pretty exclusive pairs. Those Basquiat's and the Fair Gods. I mean, that's listen, those aren't every days we see on this show. (laughs) Those are kind of those are nevers. (laughs) So well done. Well done by you. Uh, Didier, man, this is dope. Tell the episode 91 never going to be the same again. (laughs) Tell the people where they can find you, man. Man, uh, you guys can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, at DDMRIs, D-I-D-I-E-R-M-O-R-A-I-S. But most important now, obviously, is the Vital Versatility brand, at Vital Versatility on Instagram. If you have any questions, needs, know anyone looking for PR, info at vitalversatility.com. Website launch coming very, very soon. We out here. I love that, man. Wow. And congratulations on all that success, man. And wishing you much more, continue more. And hopefully we could do some work together in the future. And folks, as always, you know where you can find us. We are part of the Count the Dings family on the Bomb podcast feed with the original Bomb show, with uh, Crypto Bros, with new recap show now that Euphoria is over. Winning Time, the Lakers show, the, the new the, that that's the new uh, the new recap of that Lakers Dynasty show. Of course, Woke right. Bros with our boy Waz. All the good stuff, the original bomb show. We gotta shout somebody out though before we, before we exit. Man, I know I, intru- I know I cut you off. Did, the you did? Who you did? Who you shouting out? We got we gotta shout out the reason why we're all three of us are connected. True, true indeed. Shout out to the homie true Jenna. Indeed. Let me tell true you, true indeed. Yes, true indeed. Always shout out to Jenna. I mean, mm. y'all shout out. I mean, I talk to her like every week. <laughs> I'll I, I do what I am grateful for, Adra, because she brought us together she, as well. She brought us so, all together. She's a wonderful person. Sh- shout out to Jenna. <laughs> I'm done with you. And we are at Kicks and Shit Show on all social media platforms. Until next time, peace.